Hello and welcome to a new season of Forever Blue podcast. I'm Ian Cheeseman and we're back. Uh, a very warm thank yous to Charles Louis, uh, which a mortgage advisor is based in Ramsbottom and the sponsors of the podcast, who thanks to them mean that we can be back for a new season. CharlesLouis.co.uk is the website. Go and have a look at them. Uh, Ring Dave, who's a big city fan, if you need some advice, uh, either business or individually. And I'm sure that he will try and help you out and give him a follow on, on Twitter and, and tell them that you appreciate their support because I certainly do, uh, because without them, I wouldn't be back with a new podcast for the new season. As far as the vlogs are concerned, we'll see whether those return. I'm still looking for, for a sponsor or maybe there'll be have to be another plan. I don't know yet. Still thinking about that one. But certainly as far as the podcast is concerned, uh, we're back. Hope you're well. Uh, there's been quite a bit of activity in the short little summer that we've had, so there's plenty to talk about. I've got three guests with me tonight. The city legend that is Gary Owen, who's always very, very welcome and always got great opinions. Gary, thanks very much for joining us. You oh, kept your pleasure. Dog quiet tonight, haven't you? Yeah. I'm what, sorry? You kept your dog quiet. Well, no, shot him. I know that's not <laughs> probably politically correct, but we've had him for seven years, so his time's up. <laughs> Put it down yeah. as a COVID death. <laughs> Paul, who's back as well um, from Prestige Car Repairs, and Harlan, who is uh, our Gary Neville lookalike. Um, so thanks very much, chaps, for coming back. Uh, right, where do we start? Let's start with the question that I asked on Twitter when I told people that we were uh, back in session tonight, which is a very simple question. Um, how excited uh, are you about the new season? Are you looking forward to it? Are you full of enthusiasm? Does it feel different? Do you not feel as enthusiastic? What is your feeling? Let's start with Gary and then we'll see what everybody else has to say. Um, as I've said before in your podcast and I've said elsewhere, Ian, uh, the game without the fans is not the same game uh, and the fans make it. So if anybody in time to come thinks that they can have football as a sport without fans, then sadly they're, they're mistaken because it just is proven since this, uh, this COVID pandemic that with fans not being in the stadium, it is not the same game. It's not the same game for the players. It's not the same game for the manager. It's certainly not, it's not the same for everybody. We can watch it on TV. Do we get as excited as going to the game? No, we do not. Uh, do we get excited for the games? No, we don't. If it's our own team, of course we do. We're, we, want to see, we want to see them win and want to see them play well. But I'm sorry that without the fans, it is not the same game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm always looking forward to City starting the new season because we will not be as far off Liverpool or anybody as, as everybody was last season for Liverpool. I think it'll be a tighter league. Everybody's strengthened and will continue to strengthen until October. So I think it's going to be probably the tightest Premier League that we've, we've seen actually for many, many years. It's not going to be Liverpool dominating or City dominating. I think or Chelsea dominating, they have done. I think it's, it's I, I think, I know this is an, an old adage, but it's, I think it's more so this season. Depending how you do against the teams around you, and the teams around you, we all know who, who the six are likely to be again. Depending how you, you get your results against them, will determine where we finish in the league. Because the top six, you can probably, if your life depended on it now, uh, choose those top six, or certainly the top four or five. Uh, and maybe another one could sneak in. But in, in general, I think the teams that have strengthened, and I can name them, well, Liverpool's not strengthened as, you know, they brought some in from Olympiacos. But obviously... Can they keep playing the same players week in, week out, like they've done for three, four years, without getting any injuries? 
that like we've had and other clubs have had. I mean, I don't know how they can keep playing at that at that level, and I don't think they will do. But Liverpool will be there and thereabouts. So obviously, we will. Uh, United, which I hate to say, will uh, will give people a game this season. There's no doubt about it. I think Oli has uh, has bought reasonably well. I think he still wants to to bring in a couple more. And I think all the teams around Chelsea have bought with having that transfer embargo for two years. They've spent heavily and brought in good young players. So, and Mikel Arteta, what he's doing at Arsenal, yes, I know he's won the, the FA Cup and he's won the Community Shield. I think he's going to, it'll be a tough season for him. There's no two ways about it. I'm sorry. They're, they're nowhere near the, the team, I believe, that will challenge the uh, the Liverpools, the Uniteds, uh, uh, the Chelsea's, and obviously us, that will be at the top, I hope. So, I think it'll be the tightest Premier League. Uh, and I can't see anybody running away in the Premier League like we did and like Liverpool have done. So, you know, I hope we can get the fans in to make it a memorable season, not just because it's going to be a tight season, but be able to have the fans to make it even more special. Just before I ask the other two their, their views on this, um, towards the end of last season, Liverpool dropped off a little bit. And there, it could be that they were so far ahead that it didn't matter. Um, but one of my theories was that without the cop, without the atmosphere, without the intensity of a crowd in a stadium, that actually it suited City, um, bizarrely, more um, to because of the way that they play under Pep with the passing game, returning possession, more than it did Liverpool with that pressing, which might, might just rely a little bit more on, on crowds. Do you think that we're in this situation, we might not like it, that the season is going to at least start behind closed doors, may well go on a long time behind closed doors. Even when crowds come back, it may be small numbers, wearing masks, not allowed to chant. We don't know how that's going to pan out yet. Do you think that actually helps City? No. I don't think, you ask any player, I think City, the players, Pep Guardiola, will want to have a full house at the Etihad. He'll want to have full house when he goes away from home. Players, and I can tell you, being a former player, player uh, the supporters give you that uh, uh, when they say the extra amount. Certainly do if they're on your side, but also if you get any sort of character, when they're against you as well, also makes you play harder. So I think for players to get the best out of the players, they want the fans. I don't think it'll help City or anybody by not having um, crowds in the uh, in the stadiums. Uh, and the sooner we get them back, the better. Liverpool, I do not believe, will have the, the same season they've had for the last two seasons. If they do, then get me on again and you can all shout me down. But it will not happen again that they've had for the last two years. They will lose more games. That's why I'm saying it'll be a tighter Premier League than we've seen in, in probably the last decade with probably... Uh, ourselves and uh, and Chelsea dominating and Liverpool as well coming close a couple of years ago and then eventually winning it last year so it'll be a tight Premier League but listen here get the fans back it's not going to help anybody Liverpool us or anybody to not have supporters come in and sh shouting for your team or shouting against your team I'll ask Paul and, and Harlan <clears throat> their views on this, but just before I do that, there's one thing that I'm going to share with you, which is unsubstantiated, it's unproven. Um, I'm not really one for gossip or clickbait and things like that, uh, but this came from somebody that, um, I'm not going to say obviously who, but somebody who I really trust was telling me the truth. That uh, And this worries me a little bit, and I don't think it's just one club maybe that this comes from. But I heard that quite a senior person at City um, stood up in front of some members of staff recently and said, actually, 
is better without a crowd. That there's less hassle. Uh, they don't have to worry about stewarding. They don't have to worry about policing. They don't have to worry about lots of all of the the complications of a crowd coming to a football match. And that uh, in a perfect world, they just play all the games from now on behind closed doors. Now. I can't substantiate that. I can't prove it. I'm certainly not going to tell you who it is. So you can just take it as a talking point if you don't believe me. Um, I believe that that actually did happen. So what what is your view, um, Paul and Harlan? I mean, are you chomping? I mean, let, let's go to the, the op- ever-optimist Harlan to begin with, um, who's always chomping at the bit, always 100% positive. So just an, it's another season. Come on, you know, City get going. Is that, is that your mood, Harlan? Can't wait, Ian. Um, I can't wait, and 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 I agree with uh, Gary 100. When you actually introduced Gary and you said we'll go to Gary first, I thought you were talking about me. Um, <laughs> so I started talking and then realised you meant Gary Owen. Um, but yeah, optimistic, Ian. Excited, but completely agree with Gary. I think that I I look at a season, especially in the Premier League, as you know you've got 14 games a season, maybe uh, 16 games a season if you look at the the top eight twice over. Um, the other games are your bread and butter. You should be picking up them points. And it's against the, the top eight that you should really be, you know, grinding mm-hmm. out them, them extra threes and, and, and one points if you, uh, if you can get them. Uh, and they're the ones that really win your title. It's, it's not necessarily the, 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 the wins against, you know, no offence to the, to, to the likes of West Brom, etc. But you'd really do win titles when you win your games against your Liverpools, your Chelsea's, your United's. And when, when all said and done, I, I do believe they are the ones that do secure you the biggest prizes in football. With regards to um, behind closed doors, you know, I said I wanted football back months ago now and the only reason why I wanted it back was because out football, it was affecting me. I, I missed the, the adrenaline. All right, it's not the same adrenaline as in, as in the ground, but I missed that getting up on a Saturday and having it there and, and knowing that I'd be able to watch the boys play and I think it was just more losing that connection that affected me. Um, based on what Gary said to players prefer it behind closed doors. I don't know if any of you have watched it, but I've watched the Tottenham documentary. I'm up to episode eight now. And on episode um, eight, the, the players are actually asked, you know, what's it going to be like behind, you know, closed doors, you reckon? And, and you know, how, how are you going to feel playing behind closed doors? And some of the players actually were devastated, to be honest with you. They're not going to be playing. And they actually find it pretty eerie from what I've seen, playing in an empty stadium. So whoever said, just, just to emphasise before you carry on, that this person I'm talking about who said that was not a player. This was a, just a senior person behind the scenes, if it's true, of course. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. But what I mean is, from a playing perspective, the, the, the players aren't going to... The players love the fans being there. The, you know, Yeah, there's not too much interaction during a game from the players. But from the fans, there's constant singing, there's constant uh, you know, pushing of the teams. I see a lot of teams <laughs> back end of last season struggling, You know, going two or three goals behind. Uh, we watched West Ham the other night, myself and Jess, when they went 2-0 down, they looked dead. And had they had fans in the ground, they might have looked a bit more energetic and a bit more, um, you know, kind of involved or they might have been G'd up a bit more. And I do think that having fans in the ground affects players and I do think they are bothered about not having fans in the ground. And so I do let me just, push, let me just push you on this, right? If I take Harlan back to the beginning of last season, the beginning of the season before, beginning of the season before. Are you just as excited about this season starting on Monday at Wolves or less? What, than, than any previous season? <laughs> we start playing again. We start playing again. That's all I can say. And, and I love watching us playing. 
that I can't, I can't. Yes, it's not the same as any other season because I can't go to the games. You know, I've not always had a season ticket at City. I, I was, I was young. My, my dad worked away. My mum's not a massive football fan. I used to go to the Latics with my granddad before I, I could afford a season ticket on my own. And I've been going to City now with a season card for the last nine years. I never got to go to Main Road. I wish I did, but I've always been a die-hard blue in my heart. And I've always wished to be at the ground with you guys and with all the other City fans that I, I've grown to love as a family as I've grown up. But, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to go to the games and this season is going to feel different. But I'm watching the boys play and there's new lads in there, there's Torres in there, there's Ake in there. I'm going to get behind them just as much from you know, in front of my TV screen as I would as if I was at the game. And I know they're not going to be able to hear it audible from, from, from my house, but I will be supporting the boys as much as possible from where I am until we can get back in. Paul? Um, I can only agree with what them two are saying, but to be honest, I think I said to you earlier, um, I didn't even know the season was starting on Saturday. Um, I'm that uninterested in the start of this football season. And until I can get into the ground... You know, travel away, get to the Etihad, have a beer with me pals and, and, and enjoy myself. The, the football has, has completely lost um, its excitement for me. I'm just not just not interested in it. Um, I'm, I'm not interested in what's going on on the internet, who we're meant to be signing. I'm, I'm, I've just completely lost interest in it. Um, and as for the, the guy at, um, at City that's saying... You know, the, you know, it's a lot easier behind closed doors. He should be sacked. Um, you know, and, and if that's the way it's heading, if that's the way it's heading, then count me out. You know, I, I've been going since 75 or something like that, 76, you know, at Main Road and as a kid, and I've loved every minute of it. And every year I get excited. This is the first season in my life I have not been... I don't even know it was starting this Saturday. I'll be perfectly honest. You, think, you, talk, you talk to your mates, obviously. Um, yeah. Do you sense that this... I put a tweet out earlier on when I was saying that the podcast was back. And I said, um, you know, are you excited about the new season coming back? Or a phrase like that, question mark. Now, I reckon if I'd have done the same question a year ago, I'd have yeah. had 50 replies telling me what they were excited about. Um, in the same period of time, I probably had two today, and I don't know whether that's a scientific way of saying there doesn't <laughs> seem to be as much interest out there. You know, the number of views yeah. and listens to podcasts and vlogs feels down to me. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but but um... I, the only the only person I knew, I don't know anybody. I've got nearly three thousand followers on Twitter. Um, the only one I know is excited about the start of the season. He's in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen with a flag that needs ironing. And that's Harlan. <laughs> I don't know anybody else that's interested in the start of the season. I really don't. Might and be different. Is... Might be different once it kicks off on the... Is it Monday night, I think? Yeah. Um, the... But not the thing is, Paul, the thing is, I, I, come, I, I'm, I, am, I, I am from a different generation. Not to come across offensive at all here, but I am from a different generation to Ian, yourself and Gary but I can completely rationalise and understand why, you know, you are feeling the way you are. And I can understand from every yeah. single fan's perspective how they are feeling. I feel the same way. It's not going to be the same, but there's just something within me that I can't, I can't just forget how optimistic and excited I am. I'm like a, 
a little puppy. I'm like a, a kid at Christmas. It, it, it's just watching City and knowing that the players are back. And I know not everyone's going to feel that way. But because I'm like that, it doesn't mean I don't get yeah. where you're all coming from. You're like Bernardo Silva, aren't you? Well, yeah, if you want. Well, I, I wish I was <laughs> like Bernardo Silva. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be like Bernardo Silva. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah, know yeah. what you mean. It's just you, you can't help feeling the way you feel. And yeah. you, know, you shouldn't feel guilty for feeling the way you feel. Ian shouldn't feel guilty for the way he feels, oh. and Gary shouldn't feel guilty for the way that Gary feels, and neither should anybody. You know, we're all we're all fans, and we're all entitled to our own feelings and opinions. So that's where I stand on it. I've been lucky enough to attend a couple of uh, under twenty one games as a journalist. So I went to Mansfield um, for the Leasing dot com trophy game, uh, and I was at the game on Saturday when City drew three three with Derby, and I can't tell you how that good that was for my mental health. And how brilliant it felt, especially going to Mansfield an away game. Um, it was like it was like the old. I mean, I wasn't with anybody; I was on my own. But it still felt great to be back on the road and see a game and report on it. I enjoyed doing that. I met Rory Delap, who was sat next to me, talked to me about his son Liam playing in the game, and that and, and it actually did a vlog, you know, match day vlog. And and it felt and that we all have different things. We all have different routines. For Paul, he might be going having a drink with his mates for. You know, for Harlan, it's it's going with Jess and, and bumping into people. And you'll have your own routine, Gary. But it, that is so different than watching on TV. Um, and, and obviously, the next phase of this discussion becomes when we do start to, to go back, and eventually it will happen, to reduce attendances. Uh, we did a vlog here on Forever Blue. Um, and I urge anybody that's not listened to it to listen to it. It's the last but one that we did. It was with members of the City Matters Committee. They're the representatives of the fans. And they sat down with the club um, after the season had finished and talked about what, what the next phase would be, how tickets would be distributed. Because different people seem to have different opinions of, or views on how they think it's going to be but ne don't necessarily know it, you'll hear a lot more detail in that podcast so have a listen to it but obviously there is a possibility that quite a lot of the tickets not all of them but quite a lot of the tickets will go to a ballot so i know gary as a well i suppose you're going as a fan quite a lot as well these days you're not just going as a away as a games yeah no but away games but as, as you know on a on a match day uh, hosting the systems which i've done for many years so um that if there's no no fans coming in and there's no hospitality, then I mean my my will um, unless of my season tickets which I have, unless you're drawn out in a ballot, and again the two or four season tickets two in the in, in level two and two in level three, unless you get two in the ballot that come out, then am I likely to go on my own to watch the game? Or would I say, no, <clears throat> put it back in the ballot and let somebody else have a go? I would probably say, put it back in the ballot because I do not want to go to the football on my own because the whole thing about football is when you go along, taking away working on a match day for the club. But going to watch the game, as I do quite a bit away from home, it's the banter that you have who sat with you, which is normally your pal or your family, and it's the journey going to the game together talking and excitement about it and what do we think and then team news comes out it's all that all that build up as a fan uh, that, that you enjoy so if I'm drawn out of one of my season tickets in the ballot but the other one isn't then I probably would stay at home and watch it on TV because I don't think going to the game on your own 
he's not something. It's like playing. It's like s some people would enjoy going playing golf on their own. No, I wouldn't. I, I need somebody to go and play golf with. It's not a sport I think yeah. you just go and play on your own. And the same with football. I don't think football. I know some people have to or prefer to go on their own, but I certainly don't. If I'm going to go and watch the game, I want to go with somebody. And if I go with somebody, I want to go with with more than somebody if I can. So that's going to stop as well. Not just uh, the amount of fans going in, but the amount of people you would normally go to the game with. Going on my own, it's not an option for me. I don't think. Let's assume for a minute that, that your bubble, Gary, you know, you, yeah. you say you got two or three tickets. Technically, of course, you can only have one with your photo on in your name. So yes, the others will have to be in somebody yeah, else's. Of course. Yeah. So let's say that let's say there's four of you in your your bubble. Yeah. Let's say the way the club do it, which is sounds possible, that either your bubble gets in or your bubble doesn't get in. So you're not even put in the position where you would actually have to go on your own, that one, that the four of you would be split up. Would you then, uh, it's hard to envisage it without it happening, but going in your bubble, sitting then with spare seats and all empty seats around you, um, and who knows, maybe obviously wearing a mask and being told that you may not be able to sing or encouraged not to sing, would you still feel that's all right because you're in your bubble or would you still have reluctance to go in that situation? Listen, first of all, my four season tickets in level two and level three. So whether or not if I got drawn out, it would, I would get all four, four tickets. I don't know. I thought you had to draw, I thought the ballot came out on one season ticket. And if another season ticket came out, then that was it. So yes, if one in level three and one in level two, and then you could go together and you could choose your seats next to each other, that's different. So you've got, you know, you've got a 50% chance of getting um, um, somebody to go with you. I, I don't think you'd be, you'd be very fortunate to get four, four tickets if you had four season tickets to be drawn out of the ballot of 30-odd thousand. Be, you know, well, you go in that situation in your bubble and even with all of the, you know, a quarter attendance, uh, masks. I would give it, I, listen, Ian, I would give it, I would give it the chance, of course I would. Because nobody nobody knows what the, it'll feel like until you get there. We've all been to um, we've all been to watch youth games where there's only a handful of fans, but you know a thousand or two thousand fans being there in a fifty or thousand stadium. I believe that if if crowds are allowed to come back, we'll probably have just under fifteen thousand if in our in our stadium. I think that's what the percentage works out for us. United would have twenty thousand because their capacity is more than ours. Liverpool would have less than us because their capacity is not as much as us. So. I would Ironically, by the way, I think Liverpool, Sorry. I saw a statistic the other day, this will make you laugh, Liverpool are actually allowed more fans than United, even though United's attend, you know, capacity is bigger. I thought I that was bizarre. I don't, anyway, think, that's no, a side listen, issue. I don't <laughs> think that will happen, because I think it's going to be on, on how the attendance, on, sorry, on what your, your capacity is to what they allow in. But would I give it a go? Yeah, if I could go with, with a friend or a family, of course, of course I'd give it a go. Now, now, until you get there and you see it, and, and you, uh, only you can make that decision whether or not you think, no, it's not for me, this. Sat with, you know, five seats away from somebody else in a sparse, sparse ground. Uh, would I want to do it? <clears throat> I don't know. I'll have to wait and see if, I get, if we get drawn out. Well, if I'm working for the club, uh, because we don't know what's going to happen, uh, with all the, the corporate lounge and everything else, nobody knows what's going to happen. So I think it's a case of waiting, seeing, experiencing it, and then make the decision. Ian, if we, if, we, um, if we were to go back in, in, in the <clears> bubbles <throat> we're talking about, then, you know, 
I'm all for being at the ground. There's nothing, there's nothing quite like being in the Etihad Stadium. Like I say, I never went to Main Road, but I've seen pictures of Main Road. I've watched videos of Main Road. I've watched clips from years before I was even born. And being at the ground, being at City, being at City, never mind every other club, being at City, there's something special about being at City. So, yes, if we went back in the bubbles, you know, it would be being back at the ground, which would be special in its own right. But you're going to be in the bubble that you've been in watching on TV. Now, granted, you're no longer going to be watching on TV. You're going to be at the ground. But in a way, you're able to get away with more being at home because you can be, you know, you can you can chant if you want, you can you can be excited if you want. The adrenaline can be there in the ground. It's going to be sanitized. You're not going to be allowed to do certain things, so you're going to be there in in person, but not in spirit. And I think that's going to be something that would personally affect me because I'm not outspoken and rowdy at the game. I'm just passionate and I enjoy being at the stadium. But you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have that taken away from you. So you're going to be there. 50% of yourself <clears throat> is going to be there, if that. So, yes, you're going to be there in person, but I don't think you'd be there in spirit, really, because it wouldn't feel normal. I think <clears throat> I'd like to go just to see what it was like, if I'm being honest. Curiosity. But I know I won't like it. Um, I'll, be, I'll probably be arrested for my language. Because when I'm at the football, I can't help myself. So you'll be out of here, me swearing. Because there'll be only a few few in the area. How would you go on if, for argument's sake, our pal John, um, he goes with his daughter. So they've got two tickets. So what happens if his gets pulled out and hers doesn't? Or if worse, if hers gets pulled out, how do they? How does she get into the ground? I don't think, and that's that's why I urge you to listen to the podcast from from uh, you know that we did on on this subject. Yeah. I, I, the way I understand it is that the club will try to keep bubbles together. So if you have two season tickets, then you'll either get both of them or neither of them, and that they because it's in their interests to actually have groups of people going together. Otherwise, the social distancing means that if John and his daughter only one of them went, then let's say it's John. John sits there, he maybe has two, three seats, then another person on either side of him. He mm. goes with his daughter, the two of them are together in two seats next to each other. Yes, you still yeah. have a gap, but then it's another two or three. You know, you get more people in, don't you? So I don't think, unless, I'm not saying they'll rule out people who are single seats, but as much as possible, I think it would suit the club to actually have people in bubbles because it gets more people in. I mean, yeah, I mean, it probably doesn't sound very intelligent, this, but I think they should just let people go in and if you catch it, you've caught it and it's tough. You know, they just have a complete sort of like um, insurance waiver. If you catch it, if you, if if you want to go in, you go in, you catch it, well, there you go. I know it sounds ridiculous, that, but I'm, I'm sick to death of it all, to be honest with you now. And if we can have protests outside the ground and we can do this, we can march around London and Birmingham and all over the place with just a mask on. Well, COVID's not that intelligent. He knows whether you've got a mask on or not, does it? Don't do any good. Let's just get back in the grounds. You get it, you get it. It's, it's going to be on, around forever, this. That's never going to happen, though. That's never going to happen, is it? That's never going to happen. Just go in and if you get it, you get it. It's not a case of that. It's a case of everybody has to have some sort of... Uh, we've got to live by by what we're being told. Now, whether we think that's right or wrong, we have to do it because that is that is the rules. And not all rules we all agree to, but I think when it's a, a pandemic, when if, if you remember, I think the last 
pandemic, obviously not in our time, but uh, after the war, I think uh, after the war, I think he was, and then there was another one in the seventies as well, I think as well, where the first wave, it, you know, worldwide, I think it was three million, and then the second wave come and it was thirty million. So I think we have to take this this pandemic seriously because when you're talking about for three three million, which is a catastrophe around the world for people dying, if it gets up to thirty million then we have to take it serious. Whether we believe it or whether or we don't believe it, <clears throat> I think sport has got to take a back seat just as dining out, just as everything else does, until we get this under control. Or as you said, or if we never get it under control, it might just be we have to change our, our life and our style. Nobody wants to do that, but I think that the consequences, if this second wave comes how it did last time, it's going to be, it's going to be horrendous for a lot of people worldwide. What Paul has said, though, is a view that a lot of people hold. And there's a lot of people actually quite scared of saying that at the moment. So I applaud Paul for saying something which is not at the moment seen as a something that, that it's easy to say and, and sort of have a view on. So I, I do understand it, um, you know, because, you know, we're in a, we're unprecedented times here. Um, go on, Harlan, I think you wanted to say something. Yeah, I think, I think listen, we all go to City for the football um, that that's the that's the whole reason why we go to the Etihad. Otherwise, if Paul wanted to go for a pint, I you know, pardon the pun, isolated, you know, just go for a pint, he would go to his local or he would meet up with friends at a pub or arrange it. The fact of the matter is, Paul enjoys going for a pint and combining that with the match day experience when he takes, you know, his grandchildren and stuff. It's the whole package of match day. It's, it's everything, you know, it's everything involved in in, in going to the game and the, the football. The football is the main reason and it plays a huge percentage in your whole day and it, and it is, it is the, the main part of your whole day. But there's loads of other bits around it that make that whole day as special as it is every single time you settle from your house or your flat or wherever you come from. I just want to mention something in here because through lockdown, I've been looking back at pictures and events and I've been, I've been sorting my albums out on my phone and I've been looking back at pictures that me and Jess have taken at the ground and I've, I've, I've got an album together of us at City and I was just scrolling through it the other night and, and, and I, sorry but I got really emotional looking through it and I found pictures of me with with Matt and and Paul that sit next to me and, and people that listen to the pod that, that sit near me that that I'm on a picture with the day that we won the league early because United have lost to West Brom and I don't know if you can see the picture but there's me and Jess with three guys that we sit next to and I call him Paul Razzo, right? And the reason why he saved him my phone as Paul Razzo is because every time Raheem Sterling gets in a promising position at the ground, all you hear Paul shout is, go on Razzo! And, and, it, and it, it's the reason why I saved him as Paul Razzo and I sent him the picture the other night and put, just found this pal, made me smile. The five amigos just missing young and Louis family with a love art. And he texts me back saying, brilliant, can't wait to get back. And the saddest part about that whole exchange of messages is, I don't know when that is going to be. And, 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 and it's not gonna, we're not going to be able to do any of that for a long, 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 long time. And I'm not going to be able to travel to the game with Jess for a long time. And that whole day that we spend together is, is emotionally beautiful and, and amazing. And, and, and I love the tram journey. I love, I love the chats we have. I love the chats we have on the tram to the ground with the other fans. I love coming home and, and stopping off at Sainsbury's at Piccadilly and analysing the game on the coach home sometimes when we get replacement <clears throat> bus home, coming home, watching the highlights together. The, the whole day, the whole experience, it's not going to be like that for a long time now. And I think that's the thing that upsets me. You know, they're the moments you live for at the end of the day. 
And Paul's comment before about you know going and, and get on or get on with it again is also uh, something that uh, somebody again I won't name who it was but somebody said to me uh, somebody who works at City said to me the other day um, did you see that game between Paris Saint Germain and I don't know who the opposition was and I said no I didn't watch it and he said they let a few fans in and the rather than staying socially distanced apart all the fans congregated together in the middle. And there was no social distancing, there was no masks, they were jumping about and they were, and obviously that is something that whether you agree with it or not, and there are two sides to this debate, I realise that, we don't want to go down the political route, but the thing that, that football, the governments, etc. are worried about, if you believe this is still a serious threat, I'm playing devil's advocate here, is that when they do let fans back into City, that they won't stick to the rules and that they will revert to type. So you, Harlan, I'm not accusing you, I don't mean it like that, but you know, you with your mate Razza and with Jess and everything, when a goal goes in, when, when Razza scores a goal, you won't be able to help yourself but to jump on top of each other and start celebrating hmm. and then the whole thing is pointless. Hmm. Um, it, it, I, I think that's, that's, that's a natural, it's a natural emotion, Ian. It, 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 you know, it, it's, 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 I don't know, you, how do you stop yourself doing that? Do you know what I mean? If you're in the stadium and there's people near you and they're your family, I see every City fan as a family member and you, 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 you've got a mutual interest, you've got a mutual love. And if, if Raheem Sterling scores a goal in the ground and we're all in our social bubbles and we're, we're two metres apart or however many metres apart and, you know, you've got to sell, you know, celebrate and turn around to each other going, yes, it, the whole part of being in the ground is you get head... I remember the QPR game, I got head-butted, I got punched... I got picked up, I got chucked on the pitch. That, that emotion, that overriding emotion that takes over you when a goal goes in. You know, people are talking about VAR and how that sometimes, you know, uh, sanitises the, the fact that people can't celebrate or don't want to celebrate anymore. This is going to do exactly the same then in that case. And, and, and it, it is going to take something away from the whole celebration experience. Right, let me, let me change subjects here because... Um... When, when I, I've, I've talked to fans before and said, you know, how, how would you feel about going, you know, going back in these bubbles, etc. Um, I've heard people say to me, uh, you know, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure I want to do that. It's not the match day experience, you know, walking in a, in a time slot, standing, not being able to leave my seat until I'm told I can leave. You know, all those people who go early won't be able to go early. Uh, and I said, uh, but what if City signed Messi? This is the time when that was a possibility. And he went, oh yeah, go then. I'd want to see Messi. So that leads me on to the question of, of course, during this last few weeks, um, you know, it appears, and I think it was, quite close to Messi coming to City. And it wasn't, if it wasn't for the legal challenge that came from La Liga and the exposure of his, his contract, I seriously think it would have happened. How do you feel about that? Messi coming to City potentially, reportedly on £2 million a week wages. Um, is, is that something as, as fans and as you're a fan, you're a pundit, you're everything you, Gary, work for the club so you can wear whatever hat you want. Would, would Messi have come, come excited you or would you have any doubts about it? I wouldn't have had any doubts about him. The doubts only become because of his age, but some of, of the top players, <clears throat> Ronaldo, Pele, you can go on, that's graced our games, are still, if you look after yourself, then you can go on. Age is just a number, as they say. And, and Ronaldo's still performing as, as equally as well now in, in another league, in another country, at the highest level for Juventus, as he did in Madrid, as he did when he was at United. 
because he's looked after himself and keeps keeps in good nick. Messi is in the same thing. He hardly ever gets injured. He keeps himself in good nick. He scores goal after goal. He's never tried himself in another country, but I don't see it being any more difficult here than it is in Spain. Of course, Spain have a number of teams that probably have got a chance to win the league and, uh, and others haven't. Well, that's the same in England. Apart from the, the extraordinary uh, season when, when Leicester won it, there's never going to be another team in my lifetime, well, maybe not my lifetime, maybe in my son's lifetime, is that is going to be taking that league title unless they have the same amount of wealth and have the same opportunities as the top teams have got because the, the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer, except not as poor as they would have been because the, the Premier League are giving a lot of money to, to the Premiership side. So the Premiership sides will be far, far greater if any of them get relegated when they go into the Championship because they've got that money from the Premiership, especially if they stay for a couple of years. They, they, if they don't get back first time with the, with the money that they've got and being able to investigate out of that Championship, then then they don't deserve to get back. So, Messi for me, of course you want to see him. It, 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 listen, I believe that this, this pandemic is, is serious because it's, it's taking lives. Is it as serious as everybody else is saying? Who knows? Because there's doubts about how serious it is. But if, if this second wave comes and the amount of deaths starts to treble, as I've already said, and, and even quadruple and more, is that people close to us and people near to us will be losing their lives and that's not something I want to see. Now, if it means that we can't go and watch football, then so be it. I'm not being uh, sticking the mud. I just think we have to look at it realistically. And as Alan said, yeah, but I like this and I like that. But we're, it's, you know, it's normal, but we're not in normal times. So we can't do what normality is. If we was, then we could all go to the pub together. We could all go to the football together. We could all go to eat together. But it's not normal times, so we can't do normal things. I'm sure Paul's got a view on that. Um... <clears throat> I think um, my my niece is a, a sister at an hospital in Manchester. Um, she's on the COVID ward, and and she's actually said that these these there's more people dying with COVID than there is of of COVID. Um, we, we we're getting away a little bit away from football, but the the, the problem I've got to look at is these these operations cancelled and these people. The, the, the knock-on effect you're going to get from people with cancer that aren't getting seen to and treated. The NHS have done a great job, but they're saying, they're saying you know, they're overstretched. The wards are empty, apart from in the COVID bits. Um, there's more people dying of normal flu than there is of COVID. And I get it. And, and Gary, you bang on, mate. I, you know, there's people dying. And at the end of the day, we don't want any of that. But... People die, um, and and I don't see there's a massive, you know, I I I've I've been away on holiday for, for six weeks, um, been to Bulgaria, um, and these the the area is dead because the Brits aren't allowed to. They've got to isolate when they come back, so the area it was dead. It was me and the missus around the pool for three weeks on our own. Um, I've got an apartment there, so I'm lucky. Um, they wear the mask, they do all the rest of it. They wear the mask as a, as a badge just to sort of like say, you know, I'm aware of the situation. Um, they, they Wearing a mask isn't going to do anybody any good. Um, you know, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop any germs. It doesn't stop anything going through. Um, I just don't... Of course, it's real. 
and people are dying from it. But the mental effect, I, I know myself the mental effect. I, I suffer from depression. And the, the, the fact that I'm not getting to the game, that I'm not seeing my mates, uh, I've run my own business and I'm seeing customers day in, day out, we're talking about the same thing and it's sending me mental. I need to get out. So I can't be the only one. I can't be the only one that's feeling that. I'm more concerned about the people that have, you know, suffering mentally, uh, not being seen by doctors who should be being seen by doctors. <laughs> I, it's one of them. Football is a massive thing in my life and it keeps me sane. It keeps me adrenaline flowing. It keeps me alive. And the number of people that it's going to affect, people, we, don't, we don't look at it like that. We just look at like, oh, yeah, you know, such a body's died of, of, of uh, COVID. Well, no, they've got underlying health issues. Most of these people have died. And, you know, I sound awful. I'm not, I'm not you know, I, I don't know anyone myself personally that has died of it. I know people who've had it, and I think I've had it myself. But at some point, we need to get back to normality. I know it's only football, but it's a bigger thing than football. Paul, Paul that's, yeah. what I, that, that's what I was getting at before. And, and I maybe should have specified, Gary, when I was mentioning what I was, what I was getting at with regards to missing out on all these things and, and, and the travelling and the, the seeing people on the ground. I'm more getting at the, the, the effects that that has on you. And, and, and like I said before, the football is the main reason for going, but it only plays maybe a 50% or 65% part in that whole day. And there's so many more things that you do on that day that, that make you feel like you've, they make you feel fulfilled. And if you don't do that, it does affect you. I'm anxious all the time now. And I feel, I feel, you know, irritated at the fact that we can't be normal. And I know that we can't be normal because, because we are in the position we're in and the world is in a very, very tricky place at the moment. But at the same time, if we don't, you know, it's like anything in life. Sometimes if you don't take the plunge and like you said, give it a try, Paul, with regards to going to the match, well, if we don't give it a try at trying to get back to normality, then we'll continue on this path for a long, long time. Somebody's going to have to say, well, let's see, let's see. And then if, if another, you know, if another pandemic was to, 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 to kind of sweep, then, then, then we'd, we'd, we'd know then that, that that isn't the way to approach going back to football. But Right now, like you said, we're in unprecedented times. We don't know. We've not tried it yet. And, and, and you know, it is affecting a lot more people mentally, this, than, than, than has been reported. Massive, massive, massive effects on people. The only way we can get to normality is if they bring out a vaccine that can stop it. That ain't happening. We've got a vaccine for flu, and that kills, you know, hundreds of thousands every year. I ain't taking no vaccine, what they've, they've just rushed through. We ain't getting back to normal until there's a cure for it. And there isn't going to be a cure for it. So we're just going to have to live with it. That's is football that. ever going to be the same again? Now, no, that's a big, a big sub... Uh, it's a big subject that, that we can talk about, I'm sure, in other podcasts. And, uh, and, and, I, and I thank you, all three of you, for being really sort of honest in your opinions. And there'll be people listening who agree with Paul. There'll be people who listen with, who agree with me or Gary or Harlan. And what I try to do on this podcast, it's not happy clappy. It's not sanitised. It's just honest, genuine opinions from people who are passionate um, and that's that's the platform I've tried to want to continue to provide. So, um, you know, if this is what you like, then that, that this is what we do. Let's move on into the final section of this this podcast. We're talking now just specifically about the football. Um, 
obviously the, the season is about to start. It ended with City losing to Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final um, and losing to Lyon in the Champions League. Um, you could argue a disappointing end to the season because certainly the, the Lyon game wasn't expected by many people. Um, even the Arsenal game wasn't expected by many people. And there was a big gap to Liverpool. Now, during the summer, City have signed as we know, Ake and Torres, two players have come in and they've been constantly linked um, with, um, there's Martinez they've been linked with, there's Kubiala they've been linked with, other players that they've been linked with, but the two have come in so far. The transfer window shuts on October the 5th. As we stand now going into the new season, um, there have been two signings. Is that enough? Assuming, and I know you've already said, Gary, that you don't think necessarily Liverpool can maintain the standard they've set in the last two years. But do you think City have got enough with what they've done or do they need to make more signings? Is, is there a, was there a bigger problem that needed to be addressed? I think so. I think that uh, you know we can't rely on, on two strikers. Aguero has proven that um, he picks up injuries. You don't pick up an injury for Kirkford and misses a game. He misses six games misses eight games, almost the end of the season. And, uh, and Gabriel Jesus, uh, I think he's been given some unfair criticism, actually, because his goal scoring is, is in any other team would have been acceptable. He does a lot for the team as well. He makes goals. He scores goals, as he showed against uh, Madrid. But we do need another striker without a question. We need another striker. We can't rely on, on, on two strikers. One gets injured. What happens if both gets injured? Then we have to play with... A false number nine. I know we do that sometimes anyway, but we can't do it for any prolonged uh, period. We need another defender. You know something, I, um, again, John Stones, I think he's an excellent defender. I think he's an excellent defender. But the problem John Stones has had, he's had his, he's had his again, injuries, which has, has been a problem. And he's made, he's made errors at, Monday, at absolutely... Uh, is the worst timings. You can think about uh, Arsenal when he slipped at Wembley and he went through. Uh, you can think about, uh, you know, you can go back over the seasons. He's made mistakes, but basically he's a Pep Guardiola player. He's comfortable on the ball. He can win it in the air. He can get a challenge in, but he just continues to make mistakes, which ends up costly. It doesn't always do for, for, for defenders, but it just seems with John, when he makes a mistake, it ends up being costly for the team. I would like to see him stay. I think Nicolas Otamendi, his time is up now. He's come to an age where I think it will move on and should move on. So I think that we need two, we need two players to come in. One is certainly a centre-forward or a, a, a front man. And we need another defender. Obviously, with uh, Otamendi uh, going out, we can't just keep, keep getting players and, and keep it, you know, having 100 uh, defenders and 100 midfield players, you've got to have a balance to your squad. So if Otamendi's going out, we need to bring a defender. So once we bring a defender in, that cooler balance just seems to be going on forever. I don't think Napoli and, and uh, the president seems off his head, actually. Uh, you know, he just, he said he made a, mis a mistake by not selling the player a season before. And now he's got Koulibaly in the same position that he's going to end up probably uh, not taking good money for Koulibaly for his age of 29. But if he's not coming, I know we're being linked with Jimenez at Atletico Madrid, but we need to bring in a defender. And you asked me the question, would they have Koulibaly or would they have Jimenez? The question would be Jimenez. More money, I know, but he's younger. Pep will make him a better player than what he's already, and he's already outstanding for Atletico. If they had the choice between those two defenders, 
might have the choice would be Jimenez because I've seen a lot of him. But if not, if Koulibaly come in, mm. and that's our option, that would not disappoint me either because he's an experienced defender. We need somebody who's an experienced defender because we concede too many goals for a team that shouldn't concede as many goals as we do. We score for fun, but we concede too many, so we've got to stop that. <clears throat> Let's be blunt, and, and any of the three of you can answer this one. Vincent Company went a year ago. Um, Sergio Aguero's probably in his last year. If he isn't, I mean, he may have extended him if Messi had come, we don't know. If he isn't, he's certainly at the tail end of his career. David Silva's now gone, and Leroy Sane, a player I really rated, has, has gone. Um, and in have come uh, Torres and Ake. A City stronger now as a result of those changes? Weaker, about the same? Feels to me like the weaker. I, I, I think probably they're going to initially be weaker because then players have got to fit in. Um, but I think as the playing staff, if you like, I think they're the same. I think over the season will pan out to be the same. Everybody else seems to be strengthening. And I know there's a big outcry on Twitter because, you know, get, you know, tactics because he's, he's, he's not signing players and he's, he's going to make a mess of it again. And we've been distracted by Messi and blah, blah, blah. I think we've just got to wait and see see what happens um, October the fifth. I think it's been it's been unprecedented again because of COVID, and you know everybody's in the same boat. We got some business done early. The two signings we got we we got done really quick. Um, I just hope we don't get tied down with this um, Cooley Barbie. What it's called? I've been trying to pronounce it all week, but I knew he's going to ask me about this. Um, I I'd go for him and this. Purely because I can probably pronounce that better than Kula Barbie. <laughs> Ian, um, I, I completely agree with Gary. I've said it for two years now. Aguero signed an extension and I said, the day that Aguero signed an extension, we need another striker. Um, you know, we, we, there's constantly, you know, these, you know, there's an Mbappe link yesterday and I don't really take rumours on, I'm not a fan of rumours, me. Anyone that tells me there's a rumour about, until I've seen concrete confirmation or a decent source report it or or you for example normally the football pink perspective on it yeah exactly and, and 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 or you see sky sports say that sky sports news understands that or sky sources understand or at least the reliable source i'm not a fan of rumors but you know mbappe is a tremendously talented player we saw him play against us for monaco a couple of years ago before he became a household name uh tremendously talented lad probably going to go on to be one of the best players in the world probably win the ballon d'Or. Be, a, be an exceptional, exceptional forward player. But for me, this is just my opinion, he's not in the same mould as a Sergio Aguero. Aguero is a complete striker. And I think to, to, to not replace Aguero, but to get somebody in to, to, to carry on that legacy, they need to be a complete striker. And we, we said this this time last year in Ashton at Thameside on the podcast. I think me and Matty and Adam were there with you. And we all said, who is out there that is in the same mould as Aguero at 22-23? There's not many players out there now. There's only maybe... I don't, I don't, I don't even think Haaland is of the same mould as Aguero. He's a, he's, a, he's a hybrid player, Aguero. Haaland's a very tall player. Reminds me a bit more of a Zeko with maybe a bit more about him. But the Aguero mould, there's very few players out there like him. And I think that we would need to sign someone similar to, to, to continue that legacy and, and that kind of that kind of um, play and, 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 and oh, I do someone like him. Would you, would you take Harry Kane if he, if he became available? I'd take Raul Jimenez over Harry Kane in answer to that question. 
at Wolves. Um, I just think that he's... I think Ken's a superb player, but I just think Raul Jimenez, complete striker, wrote a tweet before. Um, the guy called Cormat on Twitter, and I think you know him, watched his goal before, and said, said it for ages. I, I, Raul Jimenez at City tomorrow, proven goal scorer, powerful, great technique, superb header of a ball, inside and outside the box. Great hold-up man, likes running behind, complete player and a complete striker in his prime. Um, all right, people want to sign players at 23, 24. He's not 23, 24. He's a bit older. He's 27, 28, but still quality, quality player. And he's got Premier League experience, got European experience. Somebody like that, maybe. Kane's class, but I don't know. I just think the hype around Harry Kane and stuff might, moving from Tottenham to us, might, might, might be a downfall. I don't know. One of the big stories of uh, the last year, I would think, um, was when Bernardo Silva um, got himself into trouble because of a tweet which was viewed as racist and he was banned. And I've seen some City fans suggest that Bernardo isn't quite the player he was uh, before that ban, whether it affected him or not. And certainly when I've seen City fans picking their ideal 11 for this new season for the opening day at Wolves <laughs> on the basis of this is what I think is the strongest 11, very few people seem to be picking Bernardo, even though lots of people were maybe a year ago. And I'm a huge fan of Bernardo Silva. Um, so given that, he may or may not have been affected by what happened. We've just seen Phil Foden, first of all, break lockdown the first time, and now out in Denmark, um, and, and I thought it was Iceland, actually, before they went to Denmark, um, getting himself, get himself into a lot of trouble, get sent home, and the, you know suddenly from being the golden boy, the Stockport Iniesta, and the club tweeting out every five minutes, he's, he's the next David Silva. He's got a shadow over him. So my question is, do you think that he, as a 20-year-old, is just going to be able to shrug that off when he comes back and be the new David Silva? Or have you any worries that this now might make it difficult for him? Certainly, if there were crowds in the, in the stadium, he'd be getting some stick. That might not be the most significant part of this, but it may have affected him in some way psychologically. Um, is, he, is he now, in the absence of David Silva, an automatic starter? This is the question. And how, do you think he could be affected by... The, the England situation. Ian, he plays for us. So, of course, he's going to get slammed. You know, he'll, he plays for us. So, you know, I've got to be careful what I say here. Not media, because you, you always say it's not media. Certain, certain media will enjoy penalising Foden constantly now. As much as they are English media, and they'll love it if Phil Foden turns out to be an exceptional England player in the future. And if he does things at World Cups and European Championships, they'd love to report on that and, and gain, you know, credibility for reporting positively about him. But he will get slammed over any other player that had done this that played for any other club. Because any, you know, any time anyone can indirectly have a go at us via something, they will do. So Fordham will now get stick off fans. That's by the by, you know, we rib players that come to us that might have done something, you know, if, if you say you haven't ever done that, then maybe you haven't, but if you say you've never done that, you've never given Rooney stick or you've never, you know, said to, you know, Luke Shaw or something like that, that, that you, you this and that, then you're a liar. But, um, you know, fans are fans and, and fans will do that no matter what. But I think, you know, Fordham will struggle now to, to, to maybe, you know, get away from this stuff being reported. It's how he deals with it emotionally and how he conditions himself to either brush it off or whether he lets it affect him. And I think 
Gary, Gary's more qualified than anyone to tell you about this because obviously he's an ex-player. It's it's down to the player to to kind of build up that shell and and, and decide how they're going to react to this kind of stuff now. And I think that this is where you'll see the 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 you know this is where you'll see Phil Ford and the man come out now. And 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 this is where he'll 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 build up that shell and and he'll he'll either perform or he'll crumble. It's it's one of them. I think it's one of them. Now it's up to him. Well, Gary, as an ex-player, yeah. what's your view? I mean, first of all, you know, a lot of pressure has been put on this young man's shoulders by describing him as the next David Silver. And now he's got the extra burden of coming home from Iceland and, and being told, you know, that he's not only broke the, the COVID rules, but also being immoral. That Now, these days, perhaps morals don't matter anymore because that's the world we live in. But he's certainly got weight on his shoulders, hasn't he? Can he cope with it? And will he look to what we hope? Well... Well, he's the right club and the right manager to be able to cope with it. There's no two ways about it. I think they've handled his situation perfectly as, as a player. They brought him in when other other so-called pundits are saying he should go out on loan and he shouldn't. And Pep felt he could learn more with the players, learning from the players in the squad than he could do going out on loan. His games were limited and everybody said he should play more. Pep, I think, has handled him imperfectly. Now, Phil... He should, even though he's only young, and he is only young, and young, young men and young people make, make wrong decisions. But I find, I, I don't know how he could have made the wrong decision in the Iceland situation. It's two reasons, or maybe more than two reasons, but it stands out. A, he's progressed from the City, going to the City uh, first team showed he was capable of playing at that level. He could score goals, he could make goals. And everybody's saying, yes, he's the natural successor to David Silva. But there's no, nobody gets an automatic spot at Manchester City. Nobody guarantee, is guaranteed their spot. Even when you think they should be playing, they're on the bench one week, when you think they should, you know, maybe scored uh, goals and, and, and been left out or played fantastic. I remember Phil Foden having a great game and been left out the next game. Well, Phil Foden then gets, had a great uh, under-17s, won the World Cup, great under-21s, shining for them, he gets his chance in the full England squad. Now, Phil Foden, young as well, and I'm not going to make any excuses for him because I like Phil, I spoke to him before, but look, he's been guided at the football club. He's been guided by the England hierarchy when they go away. He knows what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. He's not stupid by any stretch of imagination. He knew he couldn't mix out of that bubble of England players because of the COVID. One, that's the first point. But then, as much as the attraction to have young ladies that mm. were, were attracted to him and uh, Greenwood, and I can't take it one second that neither of them knew who those two guys were, but to let them put his position, just being in his first England squad, his first game in jeopardy by eating sweets or whatever else he got up to, in a hotel room that they shouldn't have allowed to, to be in. Trust me, he will get... Not just from the England hierarchy, but when he gets back to the football club, Pep Guardiola will be waiting for him and people around that because he needs to know, and he did know, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. If I could defend him on this, I would, because, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Phil Foden. I think he's a great player. I think he's, he's level-headed. I think the way he's took to being in the Manchester City squad and getting into the team has been fantastic. He, he speaks the same way. So that is totally out of character, what happened. And especially at the highest level, he's waited, he's been given the chance to get in the England squad, 
and he's let not only himself down, but he's let the England squad down where they had to send him back because he broke the COVID rules. So, uh, you know, I'm, I can't. I can't support him on this and I won't support him on this. He was wrong and bang out of order, but he will learn. And, and uh, if he doesn't learn, then he's going to find his career with England will be short-lived and Manchester City won't stand for either. There's rules that we've all got to stick to as a professional footballer and he should know better than that. So I'm sorry, Phil, you knew you'd done wrong and it's up to you to, to put it right. The only way you're going to put that right is getting your head down, playing football and keeping out of it. Any, be on the back of the paper, not on the front of the newspaper. Have you had any concerns, though, Gary, that now he won't be the same player? No, not one I He's a kid. He Listen, water for ducks back, he forget it. He's he probably forgot it in a week. He'd have been, if he's got any sort of, um, uh, any sort of sensitivity, he will feel bad for it. Listen, I understand he's in a relationship as well, so that's not helped him. He's got a young child, so that's not going to help him. But I think if he can get over what's happened, and when nobody knows what happened fully, and we can all guess, of what's going on and, and you know I'm not even going to try to guess but he'll get over this but I think his determination showed already to be the player he wants to be and only push him on more because it's been a backward step for him he's got to prove himself all over again to Southgate and to Pep Guardiola and, and I believe he's got that fire in his belly to be able to do that will he be an automatic for City? I can't even tell you who will be automatic for City I don't think anybody will be an automatic for City you know, we brought in two new players who's come in, into the squad. Would they be automatic? No, they won't. Nobody's automatic in our team. Maybe you could say Edison for league games. And maybe you could say if Laporte was fit, he would play. But in general, there's not many others that you can say they're definitely going to be playing. So it'll be interesting. But Phil, Phil will be in that squad. And if he's shown in training, he'll be playing. Gary, when, when you were a player, did, did, did you ever have... Anything similar to this? Not yourself Jesus. personally, but... Absolutely. Birds, everything. The whole shebang. So, exactly. Listen, I'm not whiter than white by any stretch. But did it, did it make me learn? Yes, it did. But the embarrassment of it for my family and for everything else. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, this isn't... You'll laugh at this one and say, I went with the under-21s to Poland. And it, it was boiling hot this day. So... We're all around this fountain, we're playing somebody, Poland, obviously, and these little 21s in there. We're around this fountain, and it's boiling hot, and he had G denim jeans, and uh, uh, like, a, like a woolen top or something. Probably stolen from Ivor on Market Street for a fiver or something. Thought it was the bee's knees. Anyway, I took it off, so I'm, I'm bare-chested, because it's boiling hot. Then please come and arrest me, because... I because they said that, um, yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't dressed. And you can imagine some of the Daily Expresses uh, that Gary Owen in Poland has been for, you know, exposing himself. Now, can you imagine <laughs> mum and dad reading that? All I did was have my shirt off. But if you read that, expose yourself. I learned very quickly that certain places have certain rules. And I'm not saying that Iceland have certain rules. You can't get girls into your bedroom. But it's something you can't do. And I had to learn that, that you know, the hard way, but you don't want to bring, you don't want to bring embarrassment on your football club, on yourself or on your family. Now, that was only taking my shirt off. I don't want to go into any more deeper stuff, otherwise <laughs> this podcast will have to start again. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Gary, I, I actually meant the, the, the fact not that he brought the girls back, the oh, fact right. that he shared a room with a Man United player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I ever did it at any angle level. Did he ever share with the United player? Not likely. Good lad. 
Uh -huh. On a lighter really note, on a lighter note, have you ever seen a worse kit than that new United third kit? Yeah, listen, I mean, <laughs> you know what? You know something? I think the brother of that blind architect that we had for Main Road, where we had four different <laughs> stands, nothing matched. And I think the brother has, has done that third kit for, uh, for United. But when you look at, I mean, there's a few this, the rascal kits, the third kits that's coming out. Not just, I mean, that zebra one, geez, I can't wait. I can't wait until they play Southampton. And then all I can say, no, we couldn't see the numbers on the shirts. We couldn't see each other. And then we changed them at half time. This is to disguise Maguire so he don't look like a donkey. He looks like a zebra now. I think that's what it is. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Final question then in this podcast. Here we are on the eve of another season started up for City. It's not quite yeah. started yet. Um, assuming that City don't sign anybody, where do you think City will finish? Or do you think they'll win the oh. Champions League, win the oh. FA Cup, win the League Cup, win the League with no more signings? Like Just on that qualification. Uh, listen, for, for me, it just depends on, in the cup games, what team he picks and who we play against. Okay, in the early rounds, if we're, you know, it, depending what Crystal Palace are playing, or Bournemouth, or pick their sides, if we pick a team that's good enough to, to beat either of those sides, uh, and, you know, when I say pick good enough team, we've got a squad enough to beat anybody, but I can tell you, you can't put 11 fresh players in that don't play with each other day in, day out or week in, week out, and expect them to gel. Because I saw it, you remember we played somebody, uh, I'm trying to think who we, who we played, it was in the League Cup, and we changed a lot of players a few years ago, and we got beat at home. But, and, we, and then we had them all on the bench, we tried to bring them on in the second half, and we couldn't pull it back, and we got beat. I can't remember who it was, actually. But it was something like a Wolves or something. But you cannot take any team for, for granted. If we pick our teams, if we pick our strongest team at the right time, and he, he doesn't always do that because he's thinking about the next game that's coming on, is that, you know, whichever, whichever one we want to go for, I would fancy us to, to win it. With if, the squad, if, as if it is now. Yeah, with his squad, yeah. Whichever one we went for, we took it seriously, we picked our best team. If we're playing Liverpool and they're playing their strongest side, we can't make six changes. We have to play our strongest team. If we're playing United and they play their strongest team, I mean, we went to United one time. Do you remember, guys, when... And, and we got beat 1-0, I think, in a League Cup game. But we never shut the tide. We changed about eight or nine players before, about three years ago, I think it was, or four years, I can't remember. We went there and got beat 1-0. Listen, when you're playing United, listen, if it's a friendly, you do not want to get beat by United. No. As a former player, being brought up, playing against you, team, it's, it's, it's just a, a definite no, we cannot get beat by them. And as a fan, you can't get beat by them. So... When we play United, we play our strongest team, we have to beat them. Can you imagine they've done us twice at, at the Etihad in the last three? I know, I, exactly, Helen. I can't, it, it just, it, it still burns in my stomach now, even thinking it about does it. Mean, so, it does mean. But the answer to your question, Ian, we can win whatever we want. And it, listen, I always say whoever finishes above us in the league will win the league. Liverpool finished above us last, last season, they won the league. If anybody finishes above us, they win the league. Otherwise, we'll win the league. Harlan, with this squad, that's the qualification. What yeah. City are going to win this year? Assuming nobody else comes in. Um, I think we can win the league and I'd probably say the, the League Cup. Um, to win all three of them with the squad now would be a step too far for the pure fact that it took a lot out of us and we were absolutely exceptional when we won. The league, the league cup, and the FA Cup. It, 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 I don't know when 
if anyone will ever win the domestic treble again in, in my lifetime with the amount of quality that we won it with. It's all right saying that Liverpool won the league last year. Like Gary said, they won't have a season like that again or the season before. We're still the best football team for quality. They play a different style. They're a bit more direct. Uh, they whip 30 crosses into the box every game, something we don't do. Teams don't press their fullbacks as much. I think they get given a lot of time. Not to slag them off right now to concentrate on us. I just think we're a far superior side. And I think the way we have won the league is far better than the way that they have won the league. It's not just simply that you win it. It's how you win it for me. And I think that we've won it better than anyone before. I think we can win it again this season with the squad we've got now. If we buy another centre-half, be it Koulibaly, Jimenez or another, we'll definitely win the league for me. If we sign another striker and a centre-back, then it's done. And I think, opposite to what Gary said before then, and I think Gary might agree now, that we might win the league by a huger margin of points or a larger margin of points if we sign both a striker and a centre-half. But I think we can win the league again, Ian, this year. In fact, I say I think we can. I know we can. And I know we will. And that's how confident I am. And I think we'll win it because I think not winning it last year and being a bit under par last year, or shall I say a lot under par in certain games, will have definitely hurt the players. And for those fans out there that believe that the players don't care, and Gary can answer this one, players do care. Even players now, even players that earn £245,000 a week do care when they lose games and they do care when they don't win titles because our players and our squad now and players that are coming in have got used to winning titles and they don't like not doing something that they've been used to doing. So I think that the players this year will recover from last year and will definitely, definitely pay us back for our support last year when they didn't give us what we needed and what we wanted. Yeah, well, let me just say one thing here. We didn't give us what we wanted. We scored all, I think we scored 100 goals again. Yeah, I mean, they gave me what I wanted. I think we conceded less than anybody as well uh, at the end of the season. We conceded less and scored more than everybody and didn't win the league. Um, So I I think where they they let themselves down, not not necessarily us, was Leon. It was the worst performance that I've seen us play. In the, uh, in the in the Champions League, it happened on that night. It just it, it's unrecognisable. We seem to get to a point. Spurs away in the Champions League, uh, Leon, uh, Champions League same stage. We get to a stage where we don't we don't play our, uh, we don't play the way we would do anywhere else. And it surprised me because Pep Guardiola said we're going to go out, we're going to play our normal game. I'm going to. I thought, thank God for that. Well, let's not go to Tottenham and try and play it cagey. Let's go out and beat them. And, and I know it could have been different if uh, Sergio had scored the, uh, the penalty. But having said that, we didn't play anything like away from home against them. We didn't play nothing like against Leon. Arsenal, the FA Cup, nothing like. Too slow, no tempo, no nothing. But, you know, what we also got to remember is, you know, we scored most goals, 100 goals I think it was. It was most goals and we scored and, and we conceded less than but and didn't win the league. Normally, if you score the most goals, you win the league. And also, when we won trophies, trebles as well, we have missed players like Sarni for nearly a season, Laporte, De Bruyne. Uh, De Bruyne. So they're three big players. Leroy Sarni has made his bed, and I understand why he wanted to go to Bayern. It's his country. It's the biggest team there. That's why Ronaldo wanted to go to Madrid. I know he's Portuguese, but his biggest club is Madrid for him. He wanted to go there. He wanted to go and play. So does Sarni and Bayern. He's gone. This Torres... Will surprise a lot of people this this season. Don't worry about that. He will surprise a lot of uh, um, people. But I'm just saying that that we were let down by the team last year. We, we got let down on certain games. But 
we still scored a hundred yeah. goals and conceded less than anybody else. Well, that's what I mean. And that's with Laporte being out. That's you know, Sarney never playing all season. So we're going to have De Bruyne not playing for the season before. So we're going to have them back, providing we don't get any long-term injuries. Then we're the team to beat, without a doubt. I, I agree with you, Gary. I agree with you, Gary, hundred percent. And what I was saying is, I, when I said let like. What we wanted, I wasn't referring to me specifically, or you, or Paul, or Ian. I was buzzing with, with, the, with, with the over 100 goals again last year. If we, if we aren't winning the league, playing the way we are, scoring the amount of goals we are, you know, conceding the amount of goals we are, and playing the wonderful brand of football that we are, and we're not winning the league, then, like you said, when we've got players back, just imagine what we can do. So, for yeah. me, I was satisfied with last year on that side of things. Not satisfied because we didn't win the league, and, and that's what we—that's what we want, and that's what we—that's what we crave. But at the same time, I think you've got to look at it outside the box and go, "Yes, we were still by far the best side in the league last year and didn't win it." I, I honestly think that football-wise, we—we—the games we lost last year, mm. we we threw them away. You know, you, the Edison got the Golden Glove. You know, so they're going about our defenses being really bad. I don't think it's as bad as it was. We just, pardon the expression. The defence or a player has a brain fart at the wrong yeah. moment. I think you mentioned it earlier, Gary, about um, 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 John Stones. You know, he can be solid and then just do something yeah. really stupid, like a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper makes one mistake in a game. We seem to have players in our team that do that. I mean, the, the, the game I remembered was um, right at the end of the season where... Wolves, Wolves away, Mendes. Yeah. When Gundogan and I uh, forget who he was went for the same ball, Mendy was it? He went for yeah. the same ball and he and, and they just broke away and scored. We we should have won that, but we Wolves didn't. Away, we're two 0 up, and, and you know you'd give any whatever bet anybody wanted. So I will tell you what, give City two 0 start at half time, um, and I'll give you whatever odds you want that the opposition will get it back. Yeah. You can have whatever odds you want. It's never going to happen. And then to finish it off, which really capped when Mendy. Why the hell? He tried to keep it into just booting it out. I've the difference no is, Gary, we get punished for those mistakes. Some of the yeah. sides in the league don't get punished. And it's just one of them, why always us? You know, Balotelli said it years ago, why always me? Why always us? Why, why when we make them mistakes? Why when Van Dyke makes a mistake, do teams not punish them? And it's just sometimes the way the cookie crumbles. But every <laughs> time we make a mistake, we seem to get punished. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, that's typical City, the fact that we're always the ones that get punished for the brain farts, as Paul said. And other teams get away with it, and it's it just it is. Yeah, but you know something though, Harlan. When when Liverpool when Liverpool have made mistakes, that Allison last season for them made unbelievable saves at, at the right times. There's many a game I can think of Wolves and Wolves again away from home when they were before before they got the goal. Wolves could have scored, and Allison made some unbelievable saves to keep them in it. They could have been two or three nil down, but that that's the secret. You need to keep her to, to to make the saves. Edison, as much as he's great. Uh, a great goalkeeper, and his you know his distribution is unbelievable. Some of the mistakes he's made, I mean, simple ones. Uh, I'm trying to think. If we played towards the end of the season, where he should have saved one when it came to his legs, and it and he came out and it hit his leg and went over and just boggled in the net. I can think of a few. A but few the Leon times. game, the Le the Leon game was one of his his. Absolutely, his there's another one. Yeah, but it? I can think of, of, of a number of games where. Well, yes, he's made, of course he's made saves, but that's what he's supposed to do, he's a goalkeeper. But his distribution's fantastic, but we can't get away from, he's a goalkeeper, he's got to stop him as well. I'm not saying he hasn't, he has, but he has let in, in some dreadful ones that's been the difference between winning, losing or drawing. 
and, and, and so we need to improve on that. What an absolute joy this podcast has been. Three fantastic contributors, packed full of opinion, packed full of controversy, you know, and an all honest, straightforward, proper blues. Um, thank you very much for, for contributing to it so richly. Gary, always Cheers, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Cheers, Gary. Thanks, boys. Uh, and, and to Harlow. Cheers, Gary. Uh, the next podcast will be after the Wolves game, of course. Um, and uh, we will... Continue on all the way through the season, thanks to charleslouis.co.uk, the Chartered Mortgage Advisors, who have supported and will continue to support uh, this podcast uh, forward. Um, let's see what happens on opening day against Wolves away on a Monday night. Uh, in the meantime, have a good week. And remember, it's always good to be a boy. Mm-hmm.